0: This is the Guardian. Today, the rise of anti-Semitism in the UK.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
0: A warning before we start, this episode does contain strong and offensive language. On October 7th, Dave Rich and his team of volunteers were doing what they always do at Jewish festivals, organising security.
2: You know, that weekend was a Jewish festival. Uh supposed to be a very happy celebratory time for Jewish people. This meant that we, at CST, had a security operation in place for that weekend anyway, because there is an ongoing, very long-standing threat of terrorism that Jewish communities around the world face.
0: As the policy director of the Community Security Trust, Dave spends much of his time helping to protect the Jewish community. CST train and organise guards, they liaise with the police, and they offer a reassuring presence at synagogues and Jewish schools.
2: Now, as soon as we woke up on that Saturday morning and saw just the beginnings of the news of the Hamas attack in Israel. And it took a few days for the enormity of it to really reveal itself. But even then, straight away, we could see this had the potential to affect levels of anti-Semitism in Britain and the way the Jewish community was feeling. So the first thing we did was see how we could increase security, get on the phone to the police to see how they could increase policing. It's a sad Sign of where we are in society that that has to be our first thought when we see this conflict spiking up again 2,000 miles away. But that's what experience tells us will happen every time.
0: It's an ugly reality. And sadly, Dave's instinct would prove to be right. Nearly three weeks on from that attack, 2,000 miles away. And with the ongoing Israeli government's bombardment of Gaza, the impacts of the conflict are being felt here on British streets too. The Met Police has reported a 13 fold increase in anti Semitic hate crimes in London. Fear is mounting, and multiple communities feel under attack, with not enough being done to foster unity and solidarity. From The Guardian, I'm Nashin Iqbal. Today in Focus, why British Jews feel afraid in the wake of Israel's war against Hamas.
1: Dave,
0: can you tell me how the community has gathered to mourn the dead and pay respects in the days following the attack? Can you tell me about any vigils that you've been to?
2: So there have been vigils in cities around the country to to mourn the dead, to remember the hostages, But it's more, it's been going on in the WhatsApp groups, in the phone calls, in people gathering, people talking to friends. It's all the stuff that goes on beneath the surface of a community that people outside the community aren't necessarily going to see. And that's where I've noticed people who normally wear their Jewishness and their Jewish identity very lightly, who are really feeling it right now. And this is something that I think people who are looking at this as just the usual conflict and as politics might miss this point. The Jewish community in Britain is incredibly connected to Israel and to Israeli people. And that's not a political statement. That's a statement of peoplehood. We're a small community, maybe 300,000 Jews in this country, Maybe 16 million Jews worldwide. Around 45% of Jews in the world now live in Israel. And pretty much every Jewish person in Britain has family and friends there. We all either have lost family or know people who've lost family or know people whose family or friends have been taken hostage. It's a very, very personal, close tragedy. And also the... The stories that have emerged about what Hamas did have revived, I think, generational collective memories. You could even call it generational trauma. You know, most Jewish people in this country came here between 100 and 130 years ago from Russia, where there were devastating pogroms. And if you go back and you read the contemporary accounts of the pogroms that our great-grandfathers fled, great-great-grandparents, sorry, fled, they read as very, very similar to the stories that have come out of southern Israel. And people really feel it in the community in a way that it's not like previous rounds of conflict for British Jews. It's something very different.
1: My name is Joe Groves, Chief Executive of the United Synagogue, And it is my solemn duty to welcome you to this evening of tefillah in solidarity with the people of Israel. Thank you to everyone who has helped to put this evening together at short notice and especially to CST for keeping us safe.
2: In the first week after the attack, we had around 650 more applications for people to join and volunteer. And I think that's a sign that amongst the immense pain and grief that is going on in the Jewish community right now, there's a lot of resilience as well, actually, and there's a lot of determination to not let this ruin what we have here in this country, which is a very strong Jewish community.
0: There is that resilience, as you say, but it's also clear that the community hasn't had the space to grieve. I mean, at the Community Security Trust, you record and publish data about anti Semitic incidents across Britain. What have people been feeding back to you over the last few weeks?
2: I mean, it's it's through the roof. So I'll give you some facts and figures just to illustrate what I mean. In the twelve days from Saturday, the seventh of October, when the Hamas attack happened, to close of the working day on Wednesday, Wednesday the eighteenth, we'd recorded four hundred and fifty seven anti-Semitic incidents across nationwide compared to, in the same 12 days last year, just 55. So it's an increase of 731% by our reckoning. We and our predecessor organisations have been counting anti-Semitic incidents since 1984. It's the highest number in any 12-day period since then. Mm. So yes, it's really spiked and it's a Level of abuse and threats and harassment that obviously has landed on a community that is in utter shock and grief. So the the impact of it is therefore exacerbated because of that. Alongside anti-Semitism, I should say, we get a lot of reports into us that we don't include in our statistics because they don't meet our threshold for being anti-Semitic as opposed to anti-Israel.
0: Can you tell me about what people are facing?
2: Most of the incidents we've had have been just an average Jewish person going about their lives in public and some random stranger who spots them and identifies them as Jewish, shouts abuse or shouts threats at them. It's things like someone driving through a Jewish neighborhood in London shouting, free Palestine, kill the Jews. We at CST had a phone call, free Palestine, fuck you Jews, Zionist dogs. I think a student, a Jewish, young Jewish woman, got a message on Instagram. I wish you were at that festival, which is a reference to the music festival where 260 young people were massacred. Jewish Student Society was sent a message. Wherever you are in the world, we will take you out of your homes and perform a dance of victory and happiness over your bodies. Oy. It's this kind of stuff.
1: As police stepped up their patrols, for many in this part of the city the attack on israel is personal and the fear that ordinary people will be targeted
2: there's a whole thing happened in london and manchester and other places of israelis and jewish people putting up posters of hostages who are being held in gaza and there's been people ripping them down writing abusive comments on them so what's happened is a jewish kosher business has been looted and vandalized behind me you have a restaurant Peter, the door was smashed by a gas canister and a cash register was stolen. We had one case on the Monday morning after the attack. The residents of Golders Green, which is I mean, it's the heart of the Jewish community, it's the best known Jewish neighbourhood in the country, woke up to find the slogan Free Palestine written in huge letters over two railway bridges that cross the main road and... I mean, it was very clearly, it's directed at British Jews. It was an attempt to intimidate the Jewish community. And I look at this and I think, you know, put to one side the impacts of that on British Jews. What does that do for the Palestinian cause in this country? To take things that should be, you know, free Palestine is just a political slogan. I know there's a whole debate over where the criminal law stands on things like flying Palestinian flags and, and these chants and so on. And, and what I'd say is this. The people who are using the symbols of Palestinian nationalism and of Palestinian rights as weapons with which to intimidate and harass and threaten Jewish people are not doing their own cause any favours because it's things like this that make Jewish people frightened of the phrase free Palestine and frightened of a Palestinian flag. And that's where we are now in this country and it's because of the way... People are using it.
0: And have there been any reports of violence?
2: I have to say, thankfully, thankfully, not many of these incidents have involved violence. And the ones that have involved violence, nobody's been too badly hurt. It's mostly verbal stuff. It's graffiti. It's online. But, you know, you imagine the impact this has on people's sense of safety, of belonging, of willingness to show the fact they're Jewish, the number of people who've told me that right now, they are hiding the fact they're Jewish. Maybe they wear a baseball cap instead of their kippah, their skull cap. Maybe if they have a Star of David necklace, they put it inside their shirt, not their T-shirt, not outside. This is really intimidating for the community. And one, one of the main things we're doing at CST now, as well as all the physical security, is trying to encourage confidence and resilience because people are frightened to show that they're Jewish.
0: Dave, in the last couple of weeks, the government has announced extra support for the Jewish community. And I wonder if you've been bolstered by that support. Have you had any additional funding to help with the work that you're doing?
2: So the government provides £15 million a year to pay for security guards at Jewish schools and synagogues and other Jewish buildings across the country. And that's been in place for a few years now. It's a fund that we at CST administer on behalf of the government. So the money comes into us, but we... Don't keep it and we don't provide the guards. It pays for Jewish schools and synagogues and other buildings to hire guards from commercial security companies. Now, the government have provided an extra three million pounds between now and the end of the year as a top-up to ensure that extra guarding can be provided because the £15 million doesn't meet the needs. It can't provide for a guard at every synagogue every time they're open and every school every time they're open and the, and so on. And this top-up amount will hopefully do that.
0: And is the community reassured, reassured by that and by what the government's been saying and signalling generally? I mean, how are people feeling?
2: I think so. The police, I should say, also have put a huge amount of extra resource into policing in Jewish community areas. And, you know, that kind of support is very important. I'm determined to ensure that our Jewish community is able to feel safe on our streets.
0: There is no place in our society for anti-Semitism, and we will do everything we can to stamp it out. And where it happens, it will be met with the full force of the law.
2: I should say the statements from the opposition have been as strong as they have been from government. I think the support for the Jewish community from across what you might see kind of the authorities, all the way up to including the royal family and the king, made a very powerful statement, is really, really important, kind of wrapping the community in a a very warm embrace.
1: No formal statement from the king on the current conflict, but strong words from his spokesperson, saying his majesty was appalled by and condemned the barbaric acts of terrorism. At Buckingham Palace earlier, the king spoke to the Israeli president, offering sympathy and conveying his deep shock.
2: What I would say also is that, in contrast, there has been, I'd say, a lack of support from parts of broader civil society who really ought to have known better and ought to have spoken up. How do you mean? Well, there was a whole fuss about not lighting the Wembley Arch, and football clubs in general, I think, were very slow to speak out. But I'm looking more broadly than that. I'm thinking about anti-racist movements human rights organisations, trade unions, organisations that quite rightly pride themselves on their anti-racism and their opposition to discrimination. But time and again, I think the Jewish community gets a sense that we don't quite get that solidarity, or if we do, we have to ask for it, or it's delayed, or it's qualified in some way. You know, I'm looking at the news today, and The Met Police are saying that anti semitic hate crime in London is running at 10 times the normal level. I mean, there is this absolute wave of racist hate landing on a vulnerable community with a long history of facing discrimination and persecution. And I'm looking at the voices who are normally the first to condemn racism. And I'm thinking, well, where are you? Where is this support? Where are these voices? And I do think time and again, if you're asking how the Jewish community feels, at times like this, we feel like we find out where we stand with everyone. If you want to know why, why Jewish communities organise their own security, why we have our own communal self-defence organisations, and you can even go as far as say why most Jews are Zionists, why most Jews feel so reliant on Israel's existence for their own sense of their own safety in whatever countries they live, this has got a lot to do with it.
0: Coming up, what would solidarity look like for the Jewish community? Dave, you mentioned the pro-Palestinian demonstrations earlier, which started soon after the Hamas attack. And obviously, as the weeks have gone on, people are really upset and they're expressing their right to protest as Israel continues this ferocious attack on Gaza. We expect there'll be many more protests to come. What do you make of them?
2: Look, let me say from the outset, I've got absolutely no problem with people protesting in favour of Palestinian rights and highlighting the issues and the problems that Palestinians face in their daily lives. And I have absolutely no doubt that daily life for ordinary Palestinians in Gaza right now is absolutely hellish. And, you know, that kind of ordinary protest and ordinary politics, I have no problem with. and I think most people in the Jewish community have no problem with. Where I think we run into really quite serious issues and things that really frighten the Jewish community. You know, on Saturday morning, you had, as we've said, an absolutely horrific terrorist attack on Israel by Hamas that killed, we now know killed, you know, 1,200, 1,300 people. By Saturday afternoon, we knew it had killed a few hundred at least, and certainly mainly civilians. And on that Saturday afternoon, a protest was called, to be held outside the Israeli embassy on the Monday evening. And by that stage, Israel had barely got going in its response. The Israeli army was still trying to fight Hamas terrorists in Israel who were holding hostages in their homes in Israeli villages and, and kibbutzim. And what was that protest for then? You know, it was, it was and, and, and I... I mean this in a very literal way. It was to celebrate what they saw as a victory against Israel. And I know people who were there and they said the mood was really joyous. Maybe they didn't realise it. It's given the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't realise that's what they were celebrating. But that's what it was. And that's how it looked to a lot of people in the Jewish community. And then, you know, the machine that organises these big demonstrations kicks in and we had big ones in not just London, but Manchester and other towns and cities. Last weekend, there will be more this weekend. And I think a lot of people in the Jewish community look at this and think well, there's not many people on these demonstrations acknowledging Israeli pain, acknowledging Jewish pain.
0: I completely understand everything you've said about how the community feels under attack. And of course it does, and how it feels abandoned and it feels alone. But it, it's quite interesting because I hear those same things talking to Muslims. Like they, they will also say, "We feel under attack. We feel abandoned." And I wonder if there is actually any dialogue happening between these
2: two groups. I can only talk from certainly from CST's perspective. So we work very closely with an organisation called Tel Mama, which supports victims of anti-Muslim hatred. Uh, they do a parallel job to us in that respect, and we've been in very close contact over the last couple of weeks. Mama is run by a Palestinian woman called Iman Abu Rata. And there have been times where I feel actually she understands how we're feeling better than anyone. We've been in so many meetings over the last two weeks with police and politicians, where literally we've been side by side explaining how this conflict is affecting our respective communities. And as you say, saying the same things. And on a personal level, I've sort of clung onto to that as a real shaft of hope.
0: Dave, it's been so heartbreaking to hear the accounts of people living here. And I wonder if, you, if there is a way that you think people could show solidarity, what would that look like for you and for the community? What would be reassuring?
2: If you have Jewish friends or Jewish neighbours or Jewish workmates, ask them how they're feeling. The number of people I know, my Jewish friends who have told me two things. Firstly, how lovely it was for such and such a person to reach out to me. And secondly, people complaining that nobody has. And so in the same way, I mean, it is about grief. And in the same way that when someone loses a loved one, no one really knows the right thing to say, but there is no right thing to say, apart from just, how are you feeling? I'm really sorry. And that's enough. And it will mean the world to people. It really will. And the other thing I would say is we're now in the midst of a conflict that is involving an enormous amount of suffering and loss of life and pain and anguish and all the messy, complicated politics that goes with that where every potential pathway seems like a bad option. And, you know, navigating through that is impossible. And all I would urge people to do if you're involving yourself in that is don't lose sight of the humanity on all sides in this. You don't need to rip down pictures of Israeli hostages in order to support Palestinian rights because there is humanity on both sides. And please just keep that in mind in whatever you're doing politically. That's what I would ask for.
0: Dave, thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you. That was Dave Rich from the Community Security Trust. My thanks to him. We also wanted to bring you an update on Sharon Lifshit's family who spoke to us on the podcast two weeks ago. Her mother, who was taken hostage by Hamas, has been released. Her father remains captive in Gaza. Follow all the latest developments on that story and the wider conflict at theguardian.com. That's it for today. I'm Nashine Iqbal and this episode was produced by Sammy Kent. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Elizabeth Cassin. We'll be back tomorrow.
1: This is The Guardian.